Neat Stuff Podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. My name is Devin. And this is Tyson. We're back for another week of neat things. I hope that all of you have had a wonderful week. What have you been up to this week, Tyson? Oh, um, not much. Mostly house stuff and whatnot. Uh, I just actually finished up a Sword Noir game. Uh, it's kind of a D20-esque, uh, very rules-light role-playing game. Uh, came to uh, its climax. It was pretty good. Everyone had a lot of fun, and I think I got everyone's stories wrapped up well, so everyone came away from it happy with what happened. Everybody wins. Yay. Well, most everybody wins. (laughs) People that you like win. Yay. Yep. And see, it was a lot of fun. So what have you been up to? Well, I have decided that I want to get myself a new, to me, car, so a new used car, and so I've been trolling Craigslist and driving around and seeing some really sketchy cars. And <laughs> surprisingly, finding a used car is kind of hard if you don't want to get something that's a piece of junk. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I get to skip on all the cars that the engines are not actually in the car or the cars that look like they have the front half has been cut off and then welded back on. So... Yeah, kind of janky, but the search continues and I hope to find a car eventually. But if not, I'm not horrendously in the in the lurch if I don't get one. The, my truck that I drive still works. I just don't want to leave a, you know, a five to six mile radius from my house in case it breaks down. <laughs> so, yeah, lot, not not a car for road trips. Well, sad to hear, but hopefully you'll find something that'll meet your needs. Speaking of meeting your needs, in our search for ever lasting entertainment through knowledge expansion, we run right into our first neat thing, which is a video series called Extra Credits. Extra Credits is a great show uh, that looks into game design. It's a web series that runs about every, it runs every week and it's a 10 to 15 minute show typically. Sometimes it's peaked at 20 minutes, but it has, it kind of, looks at the various philosophies around game design and the different aspects of it. So the show was started as a, or the very, very first episode of this show was actually a class project for sort of the creator of it, Daniel Floyd. And he got a hold of a game designer, James Portnow, and they did this very fast pace. They sort of sped up his voice so he could get it into the timing it took to do his presentation for class. But he released it online and it became really popular. So they're like, well, let's do some more. And that's, they started doing episodes. They got a following. And now they're a pretty popular show that I feel is a, who has really, uh, they're a group that has really laid out some great arguments for different things of game design, what constitutes a good game versus a bad game, and kind of re- helped me reevaluate what it is that people are looking for in design of just products. 
Yeah, and it really opened my eyes, not just to uh, game design, but all to aspects of game design, but also storytelling and the business side of the video game industry. So that was fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those that you when you realize that a video game is usually hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars just for a cheesy indie game. It makes you really appreciate the all the games that you have been playing and just the amount of work that goes into making them, especially when you realize just everything that the designers have to think about to properly, you know, articulate and properly set up that, okay, I'm going to press A. And what does that whole thing signify? For the players, it's just, oh, I go shoot this guy, I run over here. But for a designer, they really have to think about why you're doing it and what's what's how and what they need to do to engage you into that experience that where the controller goes away and you just get immersed in the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very good stuff. Very good stuff indeed. And it's very, I like the depth that they go into, but they don't go into too much depth and they don't really make value judgments about the various game uh, styles and tropes. They just kind of present them and kind of what you can do with them. So all in all, very cool. Yep. So if you want to check out episodes of it, you can find it on Penny Arcade TV. So hop online and you can watch all the episodes back to back and learn a whole lot that you probably had no idea went into a, making a video game. Another thing that uh, I, I also follow uh, in this theme of crafting a story and kind of breaking down the, uh, the, the parts of a narrative and trying to you know figure out better ways of crafting them is a podcast called Writing Excuses. The tagline is 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and we're not that smart. Um, it's a, you know, like I said, 15 minute long roundtable discussion. They choose one aspect of storytelling and they try and break it down to its component parts and explore it. Uh, the hosts are Howard Taylor of the webcomic Schlock Mercenary, Brandon, Sanders, Brandon Sanderson of the Miss, who wrote the Mistborn series and is also finishing up Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. Uh, Dan Wells, most best or one best known for "I Am Not a Serial Killer," and other rather interesting novels about <laughs> kind of along that line, and Mary Robinet Cole or Kowal, uh, who's done the Shades of Milk and Honey t uh, series, which is kind of this Victorian urban fantasy sort of thing. It's really interesting. But they have great perspective, and they go into the different aspects of writing, uh, you know, tropes, very much. And so I listened to it, and like I said, it's 15 minutes long. Um, a recent episode was, uh, you know, kind of touching on the hero's journey or uh, talking about how the industry's changing or, you know, Things like how to write a secret history story or how to outline your story or how to brainstorm your story. So it's really, really fun. And like I said, weekly and very short. So, yeah. So for so if you are finding yourself struck with writer's block and from what I understand, um, a lot of writers don't believe in writer's block. They think it's that you're just not in the right frame of mind to write that write that particular part of the story that day. And a podcast like this might help you re come up with another approach to attack that piece that's just, it's really hard to, to get your teeth into and just 
sort of work your work your way through um and you know just little things to help you go and something that is entertaining for those who don't really do a whole lot of writing but like to understand how writing works Mm -hmm. yeah i don't do a whole lot of writing but it definitely is something that has opened my eyes to new aspects of storytelling and what to look for in the stories that i read something else that'll help you prepare and plan when you're doing software design is a website called basalmic Basalmic is a really cool wireframing tool, very drag and drop, very smooth. It's a lot of fun. And I use it pretty much exclusively any time that I am trying to start a new interface design, trying to, I start throwing elements onto it. I can drag them around and whatnot and kind of get my head around how I'm going to lay out what um, I'm going to eventually be programming or designing through HTML or whatnot. And it's nice because the interface and the art really emphasizes this sort of wire-framey, sketchy sort of nature. The lines are very wobbly. It uses Comic Sans as the t- yeah the base font. Ugh, Comic Sans, gross. Well, no, but that's the thing. Is it's like this is not the final product. When someone when you show it to someone, the whole aspect of it makes it look like this is sketchy. That this is, you know, in flux. Yeah, it's it's sketchy in the good type of way. Not the, this is gross, but, oh, I see where you're going with this. Exactly. It's really there to just kind of throw ideas at the wall and rearrange them and see what sticks. It's really convenient that way. Yeah, when I've done interface design, I usually have to stick with, all right, here's a big piece of yellow paper and I'm going to write, draw stuff on it. And then it's like, eh, I don't like that new page, draw it all over again. Oh, I don't like that new page, draw it all over again. With Basalmic, it's you put everything on there and go, you know, I don't really like this. Let's move this button over here and this button over there and this text field there and shift, shift, shift. And hey, you now have a completely different product, but you didn't have to recreate everything. And you can kind of keep certain elements and really give yourself an idea of what it's going to look like before you go into it. Because I've done interfaces where you kind of do it and they're like oh no i need this other thing and you have to go back and find place for it and you got to kind of shoehorn it in and that's never good you can go onto their website at balsamic.com and you can try it out they have a mock they have a demo uh interface where you can go in and pretty much it's full featured other than the ability to save you can always print screen out if you need to and i believe you can also put it in um Google Docs. There's a Google Docs extension for Balsamic. So that's pretty cool. The whole software package is a little spendy at 80 bucks, but like I said, I use it all the freaking time. If you're doing any sort of website design or interface design, and especially having to work with other people to kind of get them to sign off on thing, things, Balsamic really is just a really nice first step tool to really brainstorm that stuff out. And I've been really enjoying it. It's definitely something you want to check out and give it a shot. And like I said, the web interface is free and you can just, you know, print screen stuff out if you need to pull it out. But yeah, a lot of fun. It gives you a chance to get started. Mm -hmm. So another area that you'll want to sort of slide stuff around and adjust things on the fly is home design and home decorating. Because one of the big issues is that when you start laying out an area, you're like, okay, my couch is this big. It doesn't fit here. No, it doesn't fit there. Move it around. You got to move all your dressers and drawers and all that stuff. And it's kind of hard to figure out sort of how everything works. And you don't want to be the guy that's moving, physically moving the couch and all the furniture. Um, And what I've done at work is you sometimes need to plan out 
a floor plan, you need to get 45 to 50 desks in a room and you have to have exactly 36 inches between them and you have stuffed the room so big that you have a one inch clearance right now and you got to really figure out exactly how big everything is and get exact sizes. And you need to get yourself a room designer and one of them that's kind of cool that's online is floor planner. Especially if you're use, doing a lot of large furniture moving. You do not want to do that twice. You want to go in with the plan and know where everything's going. Yeah, what's nice with the floor planner software is that you can get a free sort of one house trial. So if you're just doing one project, you can go ahead and do that and you can lay stuff out. I did this when I was coming up with a sort of a floor plan for uh, the rock band booth at KomoriCon back when it was a little more involved than what it is now. Um, but what's nice about it is that you can drop your walls in, you can put your dimensions in, you can start throwing furniture, you can throw people. I mean, it's essentially just a, you know, a vector art, you know, drop and drag kind of thing like Visio or some other software. But it's really nice because the, all the libraries are really geared towards houses. And it basically allows you to lay out your house and really figure out where everything is. And the farther up the there you can you can buy it or go to the pro level which allows you to do 3d views and walkthroughs like if you're an actual architecture but for the home user who's just wants to make sure that they can fit all their stuff in their room and not have you know their couch facing their bed and be like tripping over stuff to get to where their dressers are it's actually a really awesome tool and i really suggest you check it out before you you know decide to rearrange your house again you don't want to move furniture twice <laughs> or three times or four times yes another cool planning tool that i've just re re uh, recently come across is a project planning tool called trello it's from fog creek software great guys their uh fog bugs is amazing they're the brains behind the stack overflow server fault and super user sites as well as the whole stack exchange uh thing question and answer you know central hub anyway but trello is a project tracking tool that allows you to arrange uh things into cards which is kind of the basic unit uh of these uh of the project tracking tool and then these cards into lists and those lists you know you can have like a stuff that needs to be done stuff that i'm working on stuff that is done so you can really track it and the cards are really cool because it really does play up that sort of three by five cards on a tack board uh, metaphor. And the great thing is, is you can attach things to these cards. You can attach checklists, you can attach um, in, you know, documents. And one of the cool things about it is that it interfaces beautifully with Google Docs. So you just click the attach, you take from Google Docs, it pops up a little window, you attach it and it's there. Um, images, whatnot. At work, I'm using it to, uh, we're using it for a Windows 7 migration. We've got every computer has a card. As we, you know, we put it to the many, many steps. So we do the initial assay where we go in and we add a checklist of all the so specialty software they've got installed and a checklist of have we backed up all their files. Then we put that into the reimage queue, you know, the reimage queue. So it goes in and we, you know, make sure all those things are checked off. We back up the files, we reimage it, and then it goes into the restore, you know, list. And then so we can kind of shepherd it through the process. And me and my assistant can just look at the board 
find out where everything is so we don't have to be talking to each other and coordinating each other because we're not always in the office at the same time. And and that's one of the great things about project management is that you're able to kind of keep everybody on the same page. With this hooking into Google, you're able to also add members to your project so you can say, you know, it's not just me doing it. It's me and Bob and Sue and Mary and Sally and all the other Joe and all the other people out there who are coming together and each person can adjust, you know, can check things. So I did this, someone else did that. And it has that, you know, you can drop activity of, you know, of what's going on. So you can really keep track and make sure everybody knows where everybody else is. As, and it makes communicate. It sort of gives logging to your communication. So instead of going around and talking to each individual person or having you know progress meetings where everybody talks about it, you just fire it once. Everybody knows it because that's the next time they come and they see that it's been done and they're off to the next thing. So it's really cool. And I'm going to have to introduce this. I'm looking to introduce this to our our uh, programming team at KomoriCon just because we do have a lot of different things that are, are that are running around all over the place. And something like this will really help keep everybody kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. And you can have uh, a board that is just the programming d- group. You have a board that's just gaming. You have, a, you know, so you can really separate it out. And it's got a lot of nice subscribe and notification options. There's apps for the iPhone. There's an app for Android coming as well as the iPad. So, yeah, it's really handy. Um, and actually, for my own personal use, a friend of mine is an artist and she's looking for help you know, kind of getting inspiration and whatnot. So we've been putting up challenges in one of these. And then she just takes one, moves it into the in progress, works on it. And then when she's done, moves it to the done. And the cool thing is, is because it automatically tracks when all those movements, all the activity. So when it was moved to the different boards, it also tracks how long she took it them. So we can kind of start looking at, you know, how long it's taking to do these challenges. And we can start extracting some interesting data around there and kind of track in you know not only her development as an artist but also how fast she's becoming and what sort of projects really challenge her or not so yeah it's a lot of fun and it's you know really handy we'll give it a shot and see how you like it and and that's the great thing with all this all the neat things that we had today it's all geared towards figuring out what you need to do before you hop into it do a little bit of pre-planning because it's everywhere in jobs in home life in you know government there's so many things that happen that people just jump right in and hope to make it work and a little bit of planning will go a long way and always you know keeping on top of things and not letting things slip through the cracks because oftentimes it's the things that slip through the cracks that turn around to bite you in the ass true that (laughs) so with that we come to the end of the neat stuff podcast so if you have anything that helps keep you on track organized or inspired wrap those up in an email and send it to us at neatstuffpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and if you missed any of our past episodes you can check us out at our rss feed at neatstuffpodcast.com we're also on itunes under neat stuff podcast so check us out Tell your friends. And from the Neat Stuff crew, my name is Devin. And this is Tyson. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
The Neat Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Insprolo, the Web 4.0 company. Our neural cultural algorithms will extract creative insight from the collective consciousness of humanity and deliver high quality ideas directly to your imagination cortex. Use offer code, not technically plagiarism, for a free 30 minute exposure to the fountain of thought. Warning. Failure to fully discharge and sprello creative energy may cause a spontaneous manifestation of excessive eyeliner, self-important poetry, and an affinity to whiny boy bands. In Sparello, the sum of human creativity at your fingertips.